You can feel that. We are kings. 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 I heard a man say this week, um, I think what he said, and I believe the quote, I won't say the quote, who it was by, but I believe he said that the church is not in a battle with evil sometimes as much as it's in a battle with almost good enough. And and it's it's the scripture says this, but I can half step a little bit. The scripture says this, but this is good enough. I know Kenneth Copeland said they were in the middle of a... Uh, recording, audio recording. And uh, he said they had to hire some, you know, musicians and, uh, and you know, anybody that works in a recording studio or a video studio will tell you that they got to constantly retake, retake, retake to try to get this thing flawless and perfect. So they wanted to retake again and the guitar said, oh, that's good enough for gospel. And uh, Kenneth Coleman fired him on the spot. And so, you know, it's an almost good enough attitude is that ah, I can get by. I don't really have to go that far in the Lord. And I say that because when any area that you half step, you can become a stumbling block for the ones that are full stepping. Um, and let me give you an example. I have to deal with certain things sometimes. That's just the nature of what I do. And... Um, and so to try to keep this as vague as possible, I am not a person that is easily given to anger. I get frustrated sometimes and, you know, I might say something or whatever. If I get angry, you know somebody has. Either the devil has showed up or you have really messed up for, for you to get me over in anger. Um, and, but I find myself being angry um, at a particular situation. I won't say if it was a person or a family or a couple. But uh, because um, when, you know, there's, how many know we all fall into sin? Um, we all fall in half step. We all fall into different type of things, you know. You get to a particular place where you don't fall into sin anymore. You just, you know, sin for you is, you know, the Lord told you to give that person $100 and you didn't. So that's still sin. It's called missing a mark. So, you know, but, but sometimes when you have to tell someone something, the same thing over a long period of time, um, if you're not careful, their half-stepping will cause you, they will become a stumbling block to you. And, and what will happen is, is that because of how they are acting, it'll cause you to come down and then you will start gossiping about the way that they act. And so, can't tell you the nature of it. I won't tell you if it was here, Riverdale, or in another country, or another state. But I find myself getting frustrated at this particular situation. I'm more and more frustrated, more and more frustrated. And my wife will tell you I'm not a person that's easily given to frustration. So know that if I'm frustrated, I've been dealing with something for quite a while, quite a while. 
just dealing with it, dealing with it, dealing with it, dealing with it, dealing with it. And so based on a certain amount of scenarios, I started to become angry at the situation. And so I was getting ready to do something in order to vent that anger because I was just tired of it. And right before I was getting ready to do it, I just happened to be up at two o'clock in the morning and I can't tell you what I heard, but I was listening to one of the teachings that I taught. Um, and it wasn't what I heard. There was something else that I was hearing. And at two o'clock in the morning is when the Lord opened my eyes and then let me know that even though that other person or a persons or group is off and completely off, that them being off had caused me to get off. And I got off so long that I started to get angry. And out of that anger, which I don't normally do, I was getting ready to rebuke out of the anger. And I can't, of course, I can't tell you what happened because I always protecting people. And it was at two o'clock in the morning that the Holy Spirit opened my eyes and I realized that I was being tricked by the devil. And then the Holy Spirit just simply gave me that scripture about, um, did I write that scripture down? I think I did. Um, Ephesians 4, 26, 27. It says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For angry gives a foothold to the devil. See, so, so my anger... And, and, you know, we're not talking about, not, not, there's another scripture that says be angry, but don't sin. So, you know, there are sometimes you have a right to be angry. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you do have to tell somebody off. Sometimes you can be angry at a situation, whatever. But there's a line that you cross where now you've moved over into something else. And because you cross that line, it gives a foothold to the devil. Holy Holy Spirit showed me it's like he, he, you give him the ability to stand on the inside of you. And, and at that moment, I realized that I had been tricked. But yet, the other individuals or individual or group opened the door for me to be tricked by the devil. And that's, so I just want to encourage you, that's what happens when you don't give and live your all for Jesus Christ. You will become a stumbling block for someone else that's trying to go higher and stay high. And you can pull them down because... You know, it's always amazing. If you have three good tires and one bad tire, the three good tires don't make the bad one good. The bad one drains the other three tires. Some of y'all think sometimes those dealerships are trying to rob y'all. No, they understand you got a bad tire, so it's draining the good tires. How many of you know that if you put one bad apple in the whole bin, the other apples don't produce healing for the bad apple? <laughs> even though you got all those good apples. It's, it's the bad apple left unchecked will cause every doggone apple in the barrel to become bad. Why? Because when you have step, you influence things that you have no imagination and an ability to comprehend. And you can be caught. And that's what about one of the greatest sins in the Bible, matter of fact, is the sin of called the stumbling block. Well, because of how you carry yourself, it causes other people to not to either stumble in that same area or stumble in another area because they can't understand why you won't live 100 percent. And because you don't live 100 percent, now they're like, well, maybe I don't have to live 100 percent. And you just became a stumbling block. OK, so I'm encouraging you, you all. 
Find out every area of the Bible what the command is and do it. Don't be coming up with no excuses and no rhymes and no reasons and no poems and no revelations and no visions. There's all the stuff that people tell me. Always remember this. In planet Earth, the gifts of the Spirit are highly regarded. But in heaven, they are not. In heaven, what is highly regarded is the Word of God and your character. Giftings are sometimes just lower level things they use to kick you in the behind to get your character right. You understand what I'm saying? So we got to be very, very careful in these times. And so I'm going to open up your mind a little bit to that. And, and so I don't like being deceived by the devil. And if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost, I'd still be deceived. So I was thinking about that, you know, dealing with a few different issues and, you know, we, uh, Yesterday here at the church, we did three different deliverances. Um, We did three different ones. And um, what is amazing is just how much the devil deceives you. You know, I will share this one because the person doesn't need to keep it quiet. But there's one individual that I minister to. And um, long story short, his, his wife died. And um, he asked God a question. And he didn't like the answer. And so as a result of the answer, he accepted the answer but didn't like it. And so because he didn't like the answer, he started getting angry at God. And then over time, because he kept dwelling on I didn't like the answer, over time, the anger turned into bitterness. And then the bitterness turned into sickness and disease. And then all of that turned into whole life just shot. Okay? This has been years. I forgot to ask the person how long it's been. And so as we were ministering to him yesterday, um, he kept talking about, I just didn't like the answer. And what's very interesting is the person's heart was, I didn't like the answer, But in order for me to get my healing and get my life back on track, I'm going to have to accept that answer. But it was hard hard to see him try to let go of the answer that God gave him because he didn't like the answer. But he was trying until he found out that God never was the one who gave him the answer. And I don't know why I didn't think about this before. I tell you, that's a wicked devil. His wife died. And uh, he said, Lord, why did you take her? And the voice said, this is when I, see, inner healing and deliverance in counseling is a masterful thing. It's, it's, if you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you can't do this. Care how many PhDs you got. You have more degrees than a thermometer. You're still a failure. In disrespect, you know what I'm saying? And and I said, well, exactly what did he say? And he said, well, he told me that he took my wife because he loved her more than he loved me. I said, got you, Satan. I said, what? He said, that's what he told me. I said, sorry, son. That was not your heavenly father. That was your arch enemy. 
And for him to have to then see how he believed the lie. Put the anger toward the wrong person. And the wrong person still treated him with love. So he's having a hard time right now. Now you understand why the Bible says the goodness of God is what caused you to change. He's tearing up his life. And the Lord, he tear up his life over here. The Lord give him another scenario. Tear up his life here. The Lord give him another scenario. Tear up his life. Give him another scenario. Give him another scenario. Because the Lord knew that he had been lied to. So that's the deception of the enemy. Is that he lies to you. So just me thinking about all of those things and, you know, Bible says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So ministry for me is not difficult. It can be tiresome, but it's not difficult because I do it the Lord's way. I was telling my wife the other day, it really is a blessing for her to look, look at this ministry and, and everything that we do. And everything that we do can be found in Scripture. You know what I'm saying? We don't have a bunch of other stuff. I don't care about what we don't have a bunch of because what we do have is scriptural ministry. And I was thinking about that. I was so so so. There's a level of difficulty at right now. I find myself sometimes not knowing what to minister, and so I just simply, Lord, Lord, I don't know what to minister. And so I pray, Lord, I need your grace, I need your mercy, I need your wisdom. I don't know what to minister. And then something will happen the last minute, and it'll just come to me. And more and more, this has been happening. So I was, I was, I didn't know what I was going to minister. Um, and I went to kind of went to bed with that. And, um, but I went to bed thinking about how I was deceived by the devil, thinking about how this gentleman was deceived by the devil. And I just fell off to sleep thinking about that. Um, but then I woke up with the title of the message. The Lord woke me up with the title. So I'm sleeping and I'm awakening with this voice. He was a murderer from the beginning. And so that's the title. So the Lord wants you to understand a little bit about the nature of the individual that is warring against you in more ways than you could ever know. More ways. So we're just going to talk about who is Satan for a second to help tie in while we're doing this prayer and everything that's going on. Y'all ready? Isaiah 14, 12, King James. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did is weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And then God answers him, wrong answer, Batman. You shall be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit because it has no bottom. It's called the bottomless pit. So this right here, his original name was Lucifer. And his original name was Lucifer and his title was called Son of the Morning. Um, he was the most beautiful angel that God had ever created. And he was one of the original archangels and had quite a bit of authority. And for some reason, he had pride in his heart, and that was not good enough. He had to have more. He had to have the seat of the one that created him. 
And uh, as a result of that, he got kicked out of heaven. But this gives you his heart moment. Everything that Satan does is, I want to be like him. I want to be like him. And so that's why everything in planet Earth is heaven twisted. All sin is, wickedness means to twist. That's all it means. You know, I always use the example, some of you have heard of wicker furniture. It's just you, you, you twist it. Okay, God created marriage between a, uh, a man that was born that way and a woman that was born that way. So, so when you become wicked, you simply take that and you twist it. Well, we don't need to be married. Or I can marry a tree. Um, I can woman. I can marry another woman. I can marry, I can marry another man. I can marry an animal. And now, now you, you got throuples and, and quadruples because three or four people getting married together at the same time and just... This is getting beyond control. Now they're trying to make it legal for you to marry a five-year-old. And, oh, yeah, they're working on that right now. I don't, I'm, I'm, this is not a theory. Bro. They got legislation right on the table right now to try to make this law. Why? Twist. So that's just a small example. Take a plant. It's wonderful. Twist it. becomes marijuana. Take a plant. Wonderful. Twist it. comes cocaine. Take corn. Eat it on your salad. Twist it, comes corn liquor. Take anything that God created. And when you twist it, it becomes wicked. You can't create it, you can only twist it. That's what darkness, darkness has no creative abilities. They only have twisting abilities. Revelation 12, three through four. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw, I'm just taking scriptures from different places to help you understand. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, with seven crowns on his heads. And his tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky. That's one of the scriptures to show you that when Satan fell, he took one-third of the angels with him. And he threw them down to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. That has to do with Jesus. Okay? I'm pulling something out of Revelation. But it said that he swept away, that his tail... Your tail is behind you. So the angels were following behind him. That's why it said tail. His tail swept away a third of the angels. Now, what's crazy is two things. The Bible says that the number of angels that are in heaven cannot be numbered. So, you know, trillion was a new word that was created. So whatever number we have stopped at, I don't even know if zillion is a word, but y'all get my point. It's like, no, that's too low. You can't count the number of angels that exist, which means then that if one out of three rebelled and went with Satan, that's a whole lot of folk. But my problem is this, is that it is great pride to think that you cannot be deceived by the devil at any given moment and in any single area. Because you got to give kudos and credit to somebody that could create, that could convince one out of three angels to rebel against God while they were in heaven. Where there is no darkness, and there is no sin, and there is no poverty, and you convinced one out of three? And when we cast out demons, we've questioned them about that. One told us, he said, I really wouldn't have him down like that. He said, I just got caught up in the fray. You know how you're riding with a drug dealer and both y'all in jail now? And it gets over in the deeper thing. This really, I'm going to give y'all one deep moment, and then I'm going to jump back out the pool. But this was not some just, you know, Satan decided to roll up against God. And, and then he said, who's with me? You know what? We can't stand this place. And, and uh, no, this, this happened over a long period of time where Satan kept pulling people to the side. 
This is what I'm thinking about doing. And he did it by turning the angels against God. And next thing you know, he and 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 in, in other books that are not canonized or in the regular scripture, it talks about how Satan would leave heaven and go to a dimension far, far, far away. And all of these angels would go to him and they would have a secret meeting about the rebellion. Okay? And I'm gonna go deeper for y'all. Never mind, I ain't, I can't I can't go that deep. Well, well, he what happened was is that he thought God couldn't hear him. See, when you get into pride, you think you can't be seen. And and so he go far, far. No matter how many galaxies you go away, as Star Wars says, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> how many spaceships? He's just this is God. <laughs> and and he he would go to a far, far away place and build the platform for the rebellion. And and, and um, this gets into really deeper stuff. And so meteorites is God's judgment against what Satan has been doing. And so he'd send a meteor over there. And Saru talked about this a little bit and how one of the reasons why the planets around us, you know, that asteroid belt around that one planet. He said that asteroid belt is from God sending and raining down fire upon a uh, city that Satan was building on that planet. And that's why it's just sitting there. All those rocks. That's not light. Those are rocks. Scientists are like, something happened. Mm-hmm. You got to remember, Satan is not like you and, and, and dies at 150. So let me come back and come out this pool before I get lost. <laughs> Y'all got to resuscitate me. Hey. So I just want to help you understand that. A guy, a mastermind who can convince one out of three people to leave God in the light. And he think, you think he can't mess with your mind in the darkness? And you know how the main way that he gets you? It's for you to keep batting away the issues that you know are wrong with you. That's the masterful way right there. Because you know the pride goes before fall. God only exalts people who are humble. One of the best statements I heard about humility is a humble person can never be embarrassed. The moment you're embarrassed, it's only because you're in pride. Revelation 12, 7 through 9. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, here's another term, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan. It's a lot of names. The one deceiving the whole world. Because if he can deceive one out of three up there, surely he can got all of us. He was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. So you see, that's what I mean by the law of two or three witnesses. If it's true, you'll see it all over the place. And then you remember when Jesus said, he said, remember the disciples came back and they said, Lord, even the devils do what we want to do in your name. He said, that ain't nothing to be happy about. That's crazy. I don't need to be happy about casting out your enemy that's been around for billions and trillions of years. No, in, in the kingdom of God, that's called nor, nor, normal. And then he, before he said all that, he said, yeah, I saw that fool fall to planet Earth like lightning. Okay. So you see, so this was not some long war and reinforcements were coming like in the movies and, and right before the good guys begin to lose, reinforcements come and rescue you at the end. How many know every single one of the time, every single time y'all watch these old crazy movie, the guy is fighting the other guy and the girl is fighting the other girl and they got to take on the whole army by themselves and the movie ends with the well, same scene. The police show up at the end. <laughs> every movie is like that. 
No, this was, let's go, boys. Let's bring it. And the next scene is, why are we moving so fast down? <laughs> so what scientists call a meteor that hit this planet and destroyed the life before the, the world before Adam, caveman time, dinosaur time. They said it was something that came from outer space. Yeah, it was Satan. Came down and in his rage destroyed this place. You ever seen somebody get fired on the job and on their way out, they're going to take a few desks with them. You know, oh, they're going to take something with them. Y'all going to remember me. You're going to fire me? And so the, and even though they were wrong and the anger of being fired, they're going to tear up. So that's what happened. You're going to kick me out? I was your special one. I was your chosen one. You're going to kick me out? Wonderful. I will tear this place down to the ground. And so when you read Genesis 1, 2, it is God recreating. So listen to this. Watch this. You remember when he said, let us make men in our image? Listen to the tone. Now, last time we made cavemen and we made dinosaurs and it was a different planet. Satan then towed us all up. You know what? This time, let's make man in our image and after our likeness. And then it, 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 he'll be a son of God. He'll be a miniature version of me. And, and, and what I'll do is I'll put him over Satan to remind him. I'm not even going to fool with you. My children will. That's all that. God get you back. You didn't, you'd have been got, you know what I'm saying? Hey, John eight forty four. This is just different scriptures talking about him. You are the offspring of your father, the devil. And you serve your father very well. This is Jesus talking to religious leaders, passionately carrying out his desires. Mm, mm, mm. He's been a murderer right from the start. He never stood with the truth, for he is full of nothing but lies. Lying is his native tongue, and he is a master of deception and the father of lies. How I many know oh, that's a rap sheet for real? And that's just lying. First Peter 5, 8, 9. See, you got to remember something. When Jesus calls you a master, see, he doesn't talk, you know, you know I grew up hearing a little stupid stuff about the devil. And they, they played around to him and stuff like, you know, let's just laugh at the devil because he didn't read the back of the book. Why do y'all come up with this stuff? <laughs> that sounds real religious until he starts beating you over the head. Ain't nothing funny about that. How many times y'all seen the Bible, Jesus telling you to laugh at the devil? No, he said, you got power over him, but that power is only going to be enforced if you had 100%, and you still going to have to watch. He didn't read the back of the book. <laughs> the individual speaks more languages than even the existing planet Earth, but he can't read Revelation now. <laughs> Amen, he can't read the back of the book. No, you can't read the back of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Speaking of that, 1 Peter 5, 8, 9. Here's Jesus. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Not laughing. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. You just feel like you're going through it by yourself. And whatever you're going through, somebody is going through worse. And if you live in the United States, 
80 to 90% of the people have it worse off than you. Something like 84% of the people on the planet will never drive a car. You mad because you ain't got a new one. Y'all see these, the, the foreigners, they come over here, they stand at the bus just as happy. Yep. And Africans and Indians, and, and, and they just stand at the bus because you know, they like, this is way better than where I came from. I had to walk. Wasn't no bus coming through Pakistan. That's why they appreciate this place. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, Oh, that's a B part to another verse. I'm sorry. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan. This is not even Satan. A messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. There's a place in ministry where you cross the line where if you don't start humbling yourself, then negative things will begin to happen in your life so you don't think too much of yourself. God give you a revelation, but you carry yourself like you invented the revelation in the laboratory. All you're doing is repeating what somebody else said. Now you better than somebody. Because some of the inner, let me tell you something. With the inner healing deliverance ministry, like I shared another one with you, there, there are a lot of them that make you weep because you just can't believe something is this wicked. You just can't believe that a creature would do this to an individual. Just what? There are things that we have experienced and seen you all. We can't tell you is that wicked. And then there are other times when you laugh because you can't believe that this demon just told you this. You know, and they, some of them, will, they, they all have a different personality. Some, they will crack jokes. Some are more violent than a snake and a dragon put together. And others, they like to crack jokes and just do, they, they like little gestures. They just, they, they're trying to just keep you frustrated so that you can't cast them out. You know, and Yongi Cho said he, Yongi Cho said the longest one he ever dealt with uh, in Korea. Um, he said it took him 11 hours to cast these demons out of this woman. He said 11 hours. He said in every hour he was just praying the spirit. And then he'd come back, tell them to come out. They said, nope, we're not coming out. We're not coming out. He'd go back to praying in tongues again, build himself up, and he'd come back. We're not coming out. He said after about, he said after about 10 hours, he said he was tired and the demons were tired. <laughs> no, we ain't coming out, man. We just told you we ain't coming out. So he prayed one more hour. He said, he said if they don't come out after this, he said, I got to go. Now, you can't explain that. We, religion says they can, boop, that's the people that don't do it. I ain't supposed to be talking about this, but we are talking about Lucifer. And um, he said, at the 11th hour, he told him to come out. And he said, oh, okay, we'll come out. He said, but we need to write a song first. <laughs> I know some of y'all think this is the craziest mess that y'all have ever heard in your life. But the, anybody in here that has done inner heaven and deliverance, raise your hand if that happens on a regular basis, crazy stuff like that. And they wrote a song, and the song, he said he could not believe, he said they wrote the song really fast. And he said the song was about me. Um, we thought, he, because, I'll give you the punchline in a second. They said, we thought he was a fake preacher. You know, he said they were singing it. We thought it was a fake preacher, but he's a real preacher. And we're so sad, and we mad at him because he won't let us stay inside this woman. So we got to go out and never return. And they sang the song, and they all marched out one by one. You go first. You just, 
You, you, you're like, you got to be kidding me. You're making this up. If you see it, it'll blow your mind. What was that movie? Glass? Okay, don't watch the first one. But the Glass and that guy that was like a monster and had all those different personalities, that's just how it is. It just can be crazier than that. Yeah, Split. I'm, no, no, I don't want them to see Split. That's why I said I, not the first one. I want them to see Glass. Split is just way too. But Glass can keep you sane. Split, I ain't uh, Okay, now they're going to look up Split. But that's what that is. But here's the point. Here's the punchline. When the woman was free, she said, sir, I'm so glad that you persisted. I'm so glad that you persisted. She said they were in me so you couldn't hear what they were saying. And what they were saying was he's a new minister. And you know how the new ministers are. They don't have experience and they definitely don't have longevity. So let's use God's power of agreement and bind together and see if we can outlast him. You can't, you can't make this stuff up, vote. All right, let's keep on going so we can get up out of here. What verse did I read last? 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Satan, who is the God of this world, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So Satan has the ability to blind your mind. Then in Matthew 4, 1, Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. So he's the tempter. Ephesians 2, 2, the passion translation. It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority. That's a very powerful passage. These things fill the atmosphere with their authority and work diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. Ephesians 2.2 says it a different way in King James. It says that where in time past you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's another title. Okay. This is God giving this man this title. He is the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that works in the children of disobedience. Matthew 16.21, amplified. From that time forth, Jesus clearly began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the high priests and scribes and be killed on the third day and be raised from the dead. And then Peter took him aside to speak to him privately and began to reprove and charge him sharp, sharply saying, God forbid, Lord, this must never happen to you. But Jesus turned away from Peter and said to him, get behind me, Satan. You are in my way, an offense and a hindrance and a snare to me. For you are minding what partakes not of the nature and quality of God, but of men. Two things here. This is one of Jesus' disciples and did not know that what was coming out of his mouth had been fed in the one, by the one, who feels the atmosphere with his authority. So you pick up stuff, you pick up answers, and you pick up voices, don't know it's him. And then listen to what Jesus said. That's another cue that he gave you about Satan. He said, you're never interested in the things of God, but you are interested in the things of man. So you will help them become a billionaire, but you won't help them get close to God. Acts 5, 3, passion. God revealed their secret to Peter. So he said to him, Ananias, why did you let Satan feel your heart and make you think you could lie to the Holy Spirit? 
you only pretended to give it all, you hid back part of the proceeds from the sale of your property to keep for yourselves. So this is a situation where Satan convinced him to do the wrong thing with his money. Acts 5. So that's Acts 5, 3. So you hear a little bit of that. I have two graphics that I'm going to show you. Now, this is not all inclusive, y'all. These are just some. These are the titles that God gives his enemy, which is your enemy. First graphic is he's called Satan. Then he's called the dragon. Now, you got to study each one of these things to understand. The Lord is telling you, if you can understand how a dragon operates, then you can understand how Satan operates. He's called the ancient serpent, the devil. The definition of the devil literally means slanderer. Satan is called this because he slanders both God and humanity. In the Garden of Eden, he slandered God's character. That's how he got Eve to sin. So if he slandered God's character, he sure enough going to be slandering yours. He's called the unclean one, hateful bird, fake lion. These are all scriptures. I just don't have time to share them all. It's a whole lot more than that. Next graphic. He's called a serial murderer. Remember what I told you? He was a murderer from the beginning. He's a serial stalker. It's another scripture that says, you know, remember, say he's a, like a roaring lion, roaming about seeking whom he may devour. That's what a stalker does. He's a master deceiver. He is the father of lies. Here's a name that has always been strange to me. Belzebul, which literally means Lord of the flies or Lord of feces. King James uses the word dung, but dung is simply an old English term for feces. What type of fool are you when you are the Lord of the boo-boo? I'm trying to understand this. this. I know I had to go ghetto for a second. I'm sorry. I don't know why I always look at you when I get ready to say something crazy. See, this is how vile this individual is. When you are the king of feces and Lord of the flies, I can't stand flies. Ooh, I can't stand them things. Make you wonder. But you know what? I, I, and I used to wonder when I was in my younger days, Lord, why would you create something so ugly? Then the Lord had to remind me, I didn't create them like that. That's the perversion of sin. Everything got twisted. I mean, think about it. Because of sin, you die. Adam and Eve would have lived forever. I mean, there is no sin. There is no sickness. I got to go deep for y'all for a second. You get rid of sin and everything disappears. Number one, everybody that was born 6,000 years ago is still living. Women had a baby once a month, not nine. The curse was I will greatly extend your conception time and your pain. Oh, Lord, the, the men might slap me or the woman might slap me for this one. Before sin, women were not submitted to a man. She ready to go and get a divorce right now. Be quiet, Lisa. What was the curse that came upon a woman? From now on, you will be submitted to your husband and he will rule over you. Curse. From now on, man, you got to work. From now on, snake, because you allow Satan to use you, you will no longer have legs. You will crawl on the body. The original snake stood upright. Now, you think about us, okay? If there is no sin, I want you to imagine something. Adam and Eve were in such glory, they didn't even know they were naked. 
They didn't even know they were naked. They were perfect. I mean, they did. They would have never known what it meant to be overweight. They would have never known what it meant to be tired, to have a headache, to be sick, to cough, to sneeze, to have a pimple. No comprehension of that whatsoever. Some of y'all getting mad right now, aren't you? So, so, so when sin came in, it changed the physical nature of everything. Okay. And that's why the Bible says that even creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, because it says creation itself is in prison because of what Adam and Eve did. So going back to the animals, a skunk only sprays that nasty spray because he's afraid. Get rid of sin. Skunk is going around spraying perfume. Do you actually believe that there were mosquitoes in the Garden of Eden sucking blood out of you? No, because there was no death. And you go back and read the scriptures carefully. Genesis 1 through 5 is a read. You got to read it over and over again. And every time you read it, you'll start seeing stuff you didn't see before. It's like it unlocks. It unlocks. You keep reading it over Genesis 1 through 5 and go back Genesis 1 through 5. And you'll start seeing stuff like, oh, God never did call Eve Eve. Adam gave her that name after they sinned. The Bible says God called both their name Adam. Because that's how much they were one. You understand what I'm saying? And you got to read it over and over and over again. And when you read it carefully, you see, oh, uh, in the beginning, uh, nobody ate meat because nothing died in the first place. There was no death. They had to all eat fruits and vegetables. And so that's the reason why in the beginning, a lion didn't have fangs like that. Those fangs, that's all perversion to be able to tear meat because now death is in the planet. You get rid of sin, every hospital just disappeared. There is no sickness and disease. There are no such thing as doctors. What's that? No nurses, no pharmaceutical medication, no vitamins. Most of the food just disappeared off the shelves because that's not food. There are no automobiles. There are no police officers. There are no firefighters. There is no military. There is no government. You just took your glasses off. And everyone's skin tone in here just changed, including your hair texture. I can keep on going so deep, y'all will leave. <laughs> She's still thinking about submitting to her husband. Be quiet, Lisa. <laughs> just joking with y'all. So y'all understand. She understand what it means now where sin twist. And it always twists in the negative, not the positive. So, and then the next graphic says, they are masters at being present but invisible. They work through feelings, thoughts, words, and actions. They are masters at working towards you and through you without you knowing it. And we see that a lot. We see that a lot when we do the deliverance is that you know, now, now we don't, you know, inner healing and deliverance is not us holding people up against the wall, smacking them, trying to make someone come out like on TV. It's just that that does happen sometimes. Okay. And so, but it's, it's amazing. A person will come in just as calm, just as nice and everything. And they say, I can't figure out why I'm always depressed. Why I'm always depressed. Why I'm always depressed. And then we then start sending them through these prayers and we let the Holy Spirit reveal to them why they're depressed. Because we never know. And what the Holy Spirit reveals, we would, we would have never been able to find out. We did one yesterday, and it was traced all the way back to their birth. The person was born, and a demon was assigned to the person at birth. Been with the person since birth. 
And then the Lord opened up her eyes and she saw something strange. She said this thing would flip up and she's seen in the spirit. Um, and she said it would flip upside down. But when it flipped upside down, it was the same as when it was right side up. So imagine me laying on the ground on my back. You see my face, you see my chest, and you see my stomach. Then when I flip over, it's the same. That's the type of stuff we're dealing with. That's why the scripture calls them unclean. That's why it uses all of those crazy, hateful birds and dragons and beasts and, and, and unclean and father and lord of feces and the lord of the dung and, and father of flies and father. All that stuff is crazy, y'all. Y'all like, I didn't come. Yes, you did come here for all of this. <laughs> Ephesians 6.10, final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. So he's a master strategist. You cannot outthink him. You can only overpower him. He is much smarter than you. You remember, he was at the right hand. He was right next to God for we don't know how long. It could have been a billion times a billion. We have no idea what is out there. How He was right next to God. He knows stuff that you can't imagine. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to risk the enemy, resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after battle, you'll be still standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Okay? Truth upholds all things together. Okay, righteousness becomes your body hour. That's why you should live clean. Don't live dirty for shoes. Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. That is the mission statement of the soldier in the army of the Lord. Not laugh at the devil because he hasn't read the back of the Bible. He laughing at you. Okay, so how many of you know that's a lot of wickedness? And how many know that's the ultimate rap sheet? And, and that's not all of them. There's a whole lot more. And if you can study what each one is, this individual is a master at evil. Let me say this before I kind of come down here to close here. It is extremely difficult to understand someone that they don't act evil. They are evil. I mean, we're talking about if, if they set you on fire, they would set you on fire and want you to be tormented by that fire. And they would want to keep you alive. And that's what gives them joy. You can't understand the individuals like that. You, and that's why the Lord uses so much different terminology to show you just how evil this individual is, him and his entire army. That's what happens when you become separated from the light completely. Okay. And so, so that army, the scripture says, is invisible. It says they have this planet on lockdown and they are masters at hiding. And I think that's what I was saying a few moments ago. A person will come in and they just be just as innocent and they can't figure out why am I depressed? And then we'll walk them through that thing. And then somewhere during the session, this is not happening with all depression. This happens every once in a while. Somewhere during the depression, the unclean spirit will show up in the individual. 
and now you're looking at a different individual. And he, they immediately go to work. Stop. I'm not coming out. And the deep part is, at least, I don't know what the figures are with us, at least 50% of the time, the person has no idea that it's going on. They just wake up, what happened? That's, it's just crazy, at least with a lot of our deliverances. They just wake up, have no idea. And, and then the thing shows up, and now you're talking to the individual that is behind all the stuff that you can see. So you see the person tearing up their life, but you can't see the individual working behind the scenes that is feeding them the power to tear up their life. And that's why people come in and they say, I just don't know why I'm afraid. I don't know why I'm depressed. I don't know why I can't study. I don't, I don't, I don't know why I'm angry all the time. I don't, know why I'm, I don't know why I can't forgive. I don't know why I just can't keep good relationships. I don't know why I can't keep a job and you got this thing. And let me tell you something. Any of you that think that something is not assigned to you, you have valued yourself way too low. You valued yourself way too low. You are deceived if you think that they're not on your case. But they seek to stay hidden. It is their job to steal, kill, and to destroy. That is the only thing they know how to do. Steal from you, try to kill you, kill your destiny, kill your family, kill your purpose, kill your peace, kill your prosperity, kill your love, all of that. Kill, steal, and try to destroy them. Any of those that don't work, try something else. They will work on you day in and day out. How many of you will agree that in the course of a day that your mind has thought some crazy stuff and you actually think it's you? That's why I don't trust me. Anytime I have a negative feeling, anytime I have a negative thought, I immediately stop trusting myself because I understand that they are masters at making Peter rebuke Jesus, even though he's his disciple. And these dudes are masters. Any individual that can convince one out of three angels to leave God in heaven is a master. Hey, so I said I'll let to say this. That is the type of army, the scripture says, that we are at war with. I'm going to say something here to help you understand the season that we are in. We live, whether you like it or not, in the greatest country on planet Earth. The older you are, the more you understand that, particularly if you've gone into the military politics. It is not perfect, but it's still the greatest. It's not even the most beautiful but it's still the greatest. It's not the most cultural, culturally, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? In other words, we can be quite boring here. What I mean is we, what we do doesn't mean anything. For us, a cultural experience is going to a baseball and having a hot dog. You know, but when you go to Brazil and you go to China and you go to, you know, the continent of Asia and, and Africa and India and Jamaica and all of these places, everything they do means something. You go to this place, you can go to China, man, you be coming dressing like, what are you wearing? Man, they got it going on over there. And you'll go to India, you'll lose your mind. You'll go to Africa because it's so cultural. It's so colorful. Even the food, all of the, they put 10,000 spices in everything. You're like, what is in this? And then you come back and go to Burger King, like, oh, man, what are we doing in America? Bland. <laughs> but it's still the baddest country on planet Earth. And it mimics Israel. There is a reason why the children of Israel were in slavery for 400 years. 
and African-Americans were in for, enslaved for 400 years in this country. Because the United States is following that same template. You got to get the book, The Harbinger Pact, Part 2, to see that. Okay? And so the same way that God used Adam and Eve to start the human race in the new world he created, and Satan convinced them to pervert their way, and it messed up God's plan and put the human race in spiritual slavery to the devil. And Jesus paid a heavy price to rescue us from the slavery and bring us into freedom. Well, God also used men to start the United States. And Satan convinced some of them to do things wrong, which corrupted men. For example, one is just slavery. In case you didn't know, to show you that it's spiritual, before there was blacks that were enslaved, um, that was a new idea in the United States. Well, at that time, it wasn't really the United States. It was more what we call America. Uh, at first, whites were enslaved and Indians were enslaved. Then they came up with a better idea to go across the seas. And then it was the Africans that sold the slaves to the men to bring them over here. Because it's more difficult to enslave someone that grew up in this particular land. But it is easier to bring someone over here that knows nothing about the ways over here. They're totally outside the element. Okay. So, yeah, America got a whole bunch of different types of sins, all the type of stuff every country does. But yet the Lord still used this country for one reason. Okay? In spite of American sins and the fact that it has bad people and good people, it is still the greatest country on earth. America, I think I'm going to put this in the ground for America has promoted the gospel more than any other country. America has protected other nations more than any other country. America has protected Israel more than any other country. America has rescued people around the world more than any other country. You should, you should find out just how many Christian missionaries have been rescued underneath this president. Freak you out. Because everything can't be publicized, you know what I'm saying? Some stuff you got to do in secret. America has helped the poor around the world more than any other country. Now, we understand that does not mean that we are perfect. Say amen to that. What's going on in California is a mess. That's about to be turned. That's not getting ready to turn into a third world country. That's getting ready to be turned into something else. That is unreal what is going on in California. And then everybody just moving out. I don't know what's going to happen. America. So, so the thing that I want you to keep in mind is, is that it is the Lord that founded this country. It makes no sense that the smallest, the newest country in the world got to that dominance in less than 100 years. In every single area, you would think that one of the other countries would be promoting the gospel. No, it was the Americas that, 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 that promoted the gospel like that. We have sent more missionaries, possibly more than any other, all of the other countries put together. The gospel was preached out of this place, and it was considered and called a Christian nation. That's why the Bible was the first. Do you know that the only reason why public schools were started is because they were in fear that the children were not getting the gospel at home? That's why the first textbook in school, public school, was only a Bible. Because they were concerned about the children turning into heathens. That's how they got started. They put the Bible in public school. They put prayer in public school. You understand what I'm saying? The laws of this country were based on scripture. Everything. But they still weren't perfect. But because they were doing that part, God then blessed this nation. And so, what, we have, what you'll find, though, is that Satan was against this nation all along the same way he is against the kingdom of God. He was walking slowly but surely, slowly but surely, to try to bring this nation down to his knees. 
I encourage you to read the book, The Harbinger Part Two. It'll tell you more about this nation. This nation is fully and completely under attack by these creatures that we just read. And these ain't no little ding-dong whistle. Remember the years ago for us is old enough to remember the gremlins? Uh, no, 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 no. Some of these dudes are big as the Empire State Building. I told you one showed up to my house the other night, tried to do something to me. He couldn't get his hands through the force field. I was, if you don't notice, I was awakened by this general of darkness standing over him, me trying to put his hands through a force field that he could not get through. Okay? When those, you don't need to be scared about that. When something like that happens, it means that from their point of view, we are going too far. We spend a lot of time in prayer and spirit, and you're doing damage to that thing, damage to that thing, cutting them trees down, cutting those trees down. Okay? So let me give you one small example of what they are using to tear this nation down to the ground and empower things. Hey, stay with me. I'm almost done. Um, because if they find it difficult to get the country without I mean, no, the United States will rescue your behind. You can be someplace in Tibet, and they come in and get your behind. We actually take pride in our ability to come get you. How I many know we got the baddest military on planet Earth? There's some other ones that's coming up, but the United States got some stuff for your behind. They can do some stuff. But I want to help you understand how you can be looking at something and feel funny on the inside, but can't put the comprehension to it. So... I'm going to give you the root of Black Lives Matter. You will understand after today why I said I will never support them in any area. Now, I'll support black lives, but I ain't thinking about them. And I'm going to help you understand why. Because, remember, Satan works in the invisible. I got to use somebody to do something. And the Bible says your fight is not against flesh and blood. So as soon as folks start doing something, guess what we do? We fight against flesh and blood. I saw the trick when it was Black Lives Matter, but then when I looked out on the street and everybody was tearing up everything, most of them were not blacks. I said, okay, that's something spiritual. Let's read. Well, you got to listen, not read. Patrice Cullors has admitted to being a trained Marxist. Now, you can look, don't look at him now. You can look this up later and hear her say this out of her own mouth. I'm reading out of her mouth verbatim. I did a copy and paste because it was a transcript. <clears throat> she has considered herself a trained Marxist, a political ideology founded by socialist Karl Marx, who infamously rejected God and religion. Black Lives Matter movement is tied to satanic witchcraft. The fruit of Black Lives Matter has become more clear. Destruction, hate, looting, burning, Marxism, division, riots, and more. Till recently, the spiritual nature of the struggle was simply revealed and deduced from the Bible and the news. Now we have the proof coming out of our own mouth. In a recorded conversation with Patrice Cullors, Black Lives Matter Los Angeles founder and California State University professor of African studies, Malina Abdullah reveals more than she thought she should have. And this is her speaking as they say, quote, maybe I'm sharing too much, but we've become very intimate with the spirits that we call on regularly. Like each of them seems to have a different presence and personality, you know. I laugh a lot with Wakisha. That's the name of a spirit. Sound like the name of somebody who work at Walmart or something. You know, 
I laugh a lot with Wakisha, you know, and I didn't meet her in body. I met her through this work. And colors echoes the sentiments of Abdullah. It's a very important practice. Hashtags are for us way more than a hashtag. It is literally resurrecting a spirit so that they can work through us to get the work done that we need to get done. I started to feel personally connected and responsible and accountable to these spirits, both from a deeply political place, but also from a deeply spiritual place. Now, before I read the rest of this, the Black Lives Matter group is the one that's conjuring up this army we just read about. And when the army is conjured up, they just use a, that group of blacks to conjure up the army. And so that's why you see all the races out there acting the fool, because they just needed everybody. But they use that group to conjure them up. Always, you know, in my tradition, you offer things that your loved one who passed away would want, you know, whether it's like honey or tobacco, things like that. The trained Markless and Black Lives Matter co-founder continued. And that's so important, not just for us to be in direct relationship to our people who have died, but also for them to know we've remembered them. I believe so many of them work through us. I mean, you know, the Bible says to kill people that did that in the Old Testament because they weren't your dead relatives. Your relatives are dead. They either up there or they down there. Simple. So when you, the Bible calls them familiar spirits. They were familiar with your relative when they were living. So you see these little stupid shows, they stop doing them, where you see this person, they got on, you know, on the show, and they talk to the dead people. You got a person in the audience, and, and, and the person in the audience stands, okay? Now, what you can't see is, is in the invisible realm, there's a spirit standing next to the individual, feeding the person on the stage who's demon-possessed the information. So the person stands, and they say, what's your name? Okay, my name is Randy. Okay, um, okay, hold on, Randy. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Oh, I, 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 okay. Randy, um, now, mind you, the invisible creature... It's feeding her the information. Randy, um, who you want me to bring up? My uncle. I just want to wonder if he's okay. Okay, I'm, I'm getting something. Just give me a moment here. Um, oh, you know what? Uh, is this the uncle that gave you that special necklace 25 years ago? <gasps> oh, God. He's here. No, he ain't. The devil is here. <laughs> the Bible calls them familiar spirits. They are familiar with you. And what you do, they are more familiar with you than you are of yourself. They know what makes you mad, angry, sad, depressed. They, will, they know what buttons to push to make you set it off, to be tempted to rob a bank. They know what to do to make you speed, to slow down. They know what to do to make you do everything. That's why you fight against your emotions so much, because you can't see the individual pushing buttons. And you swear up and down as you. And the day you realize it's not, you become victorious. Colors also admits that the very first thing Black Lives Matters do when they hear of a murder is to pray to the spirits and pour libation. Again, she emphasized, this is not just about racial and social justice. At its core, this is a spiritual movement. Caller said it became clear to her that they needed spiritual protection as Black Lives Matter was targeted by the right, by police, and by neo-Nazis. To Caller, she said she wouldn't be able to do this work without this spiritual practice. It would be antithetical or counterproductive. 
Then they asked the question, would you like, what, would you meet with Trump if he wanted to meet with you? No, we would not take his invitation. Why not? We wouldn't, as a movement, take a seat at the table with Trump because we wouldn't have done it with Hitler. Trump is literally the epitome of evil, all the evils of this country, be it racism, capitalism, sexism, and homophobia. He has set out some of the most dangerous policies, <laughs> not just that impacts this country, but also the globe. And so for us, the answer is not to sit with him, but to resist him and to resist every single policy that he's implemented that impacts our communities. And if I'm thinking about what I want my children to know in 30, 40, 50 years, I want them to know that I resisted a president at all costs because this president literally tried to kill our communities and is killing our communities. Y'all, you all weren't here Wednesday night. I'm going to stop it there. I only have one more scripture. You all weren't here Wednesday night when I told you. I told you, it's never natural, y'all. It's spiritual. And, and you, got this, you got this new level of mayhem. These people that are on the street are extremely violent. This is demonic violence. You have to look at some of the footage of what they're doing every day. And if you're older, um, um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're white, you're an automatic target. But if you're older, if they even catch wind that you might be conservative, they don't come after you. I mean, they're marching down the street and outside restaurants and they roll up on the table and they're forcing people to lift their hand and say, now I, I left some of this out, but they said, they said the Black Lives Matter, they said is an incantation. They said every time people say that, they said you're helping us resurrect these spirits. That's why they go around, Black Lives Matter. This is what they did in private. They're enforcing it by what they say. And so that's the reason why they're going all over the place. And it's just footage after footage after footage. And they're going all over the place. And you will be outside of the restaurant eating. And they will roll up on your table. And they will say, lift your hands and say, Black Lives Matter. And if you won't, they start attacking you physically. I'm thinking about going to some outside restaurants with a couple of my friends. <laughs> just letting you know, you roll up on my table and try to make me say anything, it's going to be a problem for you and your mama. Do you see that the violence, that's what I mean by this is those unclean spirits walking through those folk to say, we've been released, y'all. Now gather up everybody because we were working on them in their minds when they were playing violent video games. We were working on them when they were listening to violent music. We put the C's in them. Now, boom, let's create that incident. When that white officer put his neck on that black man, that was created in the invisible realm. Even though that guy is guilty and dead wrong, that was in that did not happen. That was created, folk. I'm telling you it was created. And I said something Wednesday and I told them they might want to back off. Because I said, if these police officers flip out, you're going to have a problem on your hand. I said, these dudes, if they go rogue, they're going to put up them police vests, and they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna laze you or mark you throughout the day, and you're going to get a visitation at night. Because I'm going to tell you, some of them dudes, they, you, I shared that Wednesday night. I said, if them guys go wrong, they know how to cover. They, they know how to put on the right mask. They got special ops. They got all of this stuff at home. They got stuff that can go through these cement. They got all type of bullets, all type of guns. Y'all see these movies. I shared that Wednesday. I said, if they go rogue, I said, those guys are going to go behind the scenes at nighttime. And then you wonder why your cousin just died with a bullet in his head. You're going to wonder why. You understand what I'm saying? 
Now, I shared that Wednesday, right? Why a police officer called me two days later? He said, sir, I was listening to your teaching. He said, I'm a police officer. He said, that's what they've been talking about for the last four months. He said, everything you said was dead on the money to the exact T. That's exactly what he wrote. He said, this is what they've been talking about for the last four months is going rogue. He said, because we can't stand Black Lives Matter. He said, because they are not for black lives. He said, they for something else. And we know that because we out there on the street with them every day watching what they're doing. Now, for that officer to reach out to me and say, listen, that, sir, he said, we've been talking about it for the last four months. Now, you ain't seen a war. Okay. It's one thing to hit somebody upside the head with a sign. It's another thing when you go to sleep and don't wake up. Because if them, do, let me tell you something, the last per, y'all seen these crazy movies, the last person that you want to slap is Rambo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and one of those guys, those guys, they're already under too much stress. They will snap, and one of those guys, you've already seen it with other stuff, they will come out there, load it up with a machine gun, and will stand in front of the ground and just raise the whole thing down to the ground. Boom. And then go and hide. Okay? So, that's just one thing that we're praying against. One. This is all meant to bring down two individuals, the church and the United States. So that we can kill this country that God started that has a lot of seed around the planet. Only reason why the United States has not imploded so far is because all of the seeds she has been planting around the years, rescuing people, saving people, blessing people. And that kept her from receiving the harvest on her sins. But now that's flipped because now we're no longer a godless nation. We're a nation that hates God. And the ones that hate God are trying to get in power. So let's read the scripture. Deuteronomy 13, 12. When you begin living in the towns the Lord your God has given you, you may hear that scoundrels among you are leading their fellow citizens astray by saying, let us go worship other gods, gods you have not known before. That's this organization amongst others. In such cases, you must examine the facts carefully. If you find that the report is true and such a detestable act has been committed among you, you must attack that town and completely destroy all of its inhabitants as well as all of the livestock. Then you must pile all the plunder in the middle of the open square and burn it. Burn the entire town as a burnt offering to the Lord your God. That town must remain a ruin forever. It may never be rebuilt. Keep one of the plunder that has been set apart for destruction. Then the Lord will turn from his fierce anger and be merciful to you. He will have compassion on you and make a large nation just as he swore to your ancestors. The Lord your God will be merciful only if you listen to his voice. Keep all his commands that I'm giving you today. Do what pleases him. Now, of course, we're in a new modern era, New Testament. You don't go that far. But this is what you rain down on the individuals that are feeding that behind the scenes. That's why these little pansy Cadillac vigils don't work. You have to go into warfare mode. You understand what I'm saying? Because we got to deal with that group that does not know that what they're conjuring up is a force to come against everybody. When you read their manifesto and their mission statement, it's unreal what they stand for. See, most people don't read. They just watch TV. And so they see a cause, and they say, well, this sounds good. Have no idea what the cause is about. 
You marching for a cause that's against you. <laughs> you out there marching this thing is against you. Okay, so you got this, that. You got this with the visions and the dreams that have been given about what people are going to do when, when, if in their mind, the wrong person gets in office. That's going to be a mess. You still got the coronavirus, and in other countries, they said it's already back on the uptick. It's just so much, plus the stuff that is to come. See, so I have to be honest with you. The prayer that we're going to do and that we've been doing this week is special. Is to meant to try to, I don't know if it's supposed to stop it. Is it supposed to slow it down? Is it supposed to cancel it? Because this last scripture, this is the last one that I read. It says in 2 Chronicles 7, 13, at times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. But, and only but, if my people who are called by my name, I ain't thinking about the heathen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, because there's still so much pride amongst the children of God, and pray, and seek my face, and stop sinning. If you do all four of those, not one, because I look for the 100 percenters, not the 99 percenters. You do all four of those, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will restore the land based on your benefit. So the only chance that we have is for the people of God to stop sinning and turn from their wicked ways. And for that group to then seek the Lord to say, Lord, we're going to pray the perfect will of God to see if this can be held back or if this can be stopped. I believe that it could be slowed down. I know that it can't be stopped. I, I know. I know it can't be stopped. And I'm really scared, not from that point of view. I'm just really scared for the future concerning the things that are going to come up on the planet. Okay, so throw up this campaign graphic. I think they might have been able to put that up, <laughs> unless I forgot to send it to them. Bingo. If you go on the front of our website, that's the campaign graphic. It's called the campaign. It really has nothing to do with politics. I just called it that. <laughs> it's three months of prayer and fasting to save the destiny of a nation. If you go to our website, all you have to do is click that graphic, and it takes you to all of the prayers that you should pray in English. All you have to do, I made it easy, folks. All you got to do is look at the prayers, pray them. Half the prayers are concerning everything you see going on here. The other half are about evangelism. Because it is a great trick being played on the body of Christ. They get her to disengage so she's too scared to talk to people on the street. See how that looks? And see, the world is at home eating Cheetos laughing at us. See, see y'all punks are fake. You talk this arrogance, but you won't walk it. I forget there's a problem until I leave this place. Y'all know what I'm saying? And then they talk about revival. No, it's not coming. Not coming at your doorstep. It's not going to happen. You got to take a stand. Y'all understand? People in the Bible took a stand even if it meant death. That crazy scripture in Hebrews 11, it said that there were some people, they refused to be rescued. They preferred to be sawed in half so that they could get a better reward when they stood before God. You're going to refuse to be rescued? You want to be tortured so that you can get a better reward. And you got this guy saying, you got pastor saying, oh, we're telling you right now, we ain't even opening the day. He said this month ago, we ain't even opening until next year. We still can't believe we're on our way to church, or getting ready for revival and, and everything on Sunday morning, head to Riverdale and, and just sign up to sign. We ain't open. 
We're not even doing live. And, 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 and I mean, that, I, I don't know, somebody could see it as a little mean, but it's just a problem when the world is finding out ways to open. And the ones that have been called to win the world are finding out ways to stay closed. We're going to get right up in these pulpits and talk about the power of God. That's called being hypocritical. I don't care who gets mad at me. That's called being hypocritical. And that's the reason why right now the world ain't thinking about the church. That's the reason why Black Lives Matter is attacking the church. Because you have not shown them that you have the ability to stand. Because guess what? While you got your doors of the, of the church closed and trying to make sure that we stay six feet apart, you got hundreds of people marching on the street next to each other bringing mayhem. Ain't thinking about no coronavirus. They thinking about their purpose. And the ones who got power thinking about staying closed. Come on, come join our church. For what? Mozart said, no reason. <laughs> and ain't nobody saying nothing about no social distancing. These are thousands of people just marching, marching right next to each other, bumping at each other, pushing on each other, and nobody says anything. But if the church wants to have a Holy Ghost service and stop mess and get people saved, no, we can't do that, brother. Because you know the kingdom of God has to be careful. Because after all, we're not really conquerors, we're really weaklings. We're not really kings, we're just paupers. We we're not really priests. We're just poor people. Just trying to make it in. In these last and evil days. Hold on till your change comes. And, and we got to play hide and seek and stay behind closed doors and just pop up every once in a while to see has the world ended and has Jesus come. But we're going to let Satan's folk take over everything. Restaurants. You, go in a re- you don't have to wear a mask to a restaurant. My thing is, look, if you're going to close, my thing is, look, if you want to practice the social distancing, fine, but at least open. So one of my friends told me yesterday, he said, now people got to sit on their living room and watch you preach a dry sermon. No prayer, no worship. You can't enter in. You can't do none of that. And they really believe that I am missing God and they are pleasing him. And y'all see anybody dropping dead up in this piece? contrary. Every single thing been going up. It's so funny to see first-time visitors come in with the goggles on the mask and they're like, oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that there was a real church out here that actually believed what they preach. Whatever, let's close this down. I kept y'all up in this piece too long. I don't get it. We serve the one who walked on water. Serving the one who will lay hands and put his hands on a leper that got an incurable disease on a regular basis and told the disciples to do the same thing. And here we are with more word, more power, more revelation, more books, and more technology. And the best we can do is wear a mask and then tell the world, Come to Jesus, come to Jesus just now. That's how they do it, too. The octave was always off. Wasn't it, Mark? He's singing a different note. He 
will save you. That would happen too. By the time you get to the end of the song is when he finally got to write. He will save you just now. Y'all remember this? And put that chair out there. Is there one that may want to give their life to Christ today? Whole audience sitting there. Who got enough boldness to get up? Who got enough boldness to get up? One person get up. So that's what happens when you've been in church too long. You've never been to a church like that. You've got to visit it at least one time. It's, it's like the Muslim trip to Mecca. You've got to go and see it. Just, just to believe that this actually happens. And of course, they were doing the best that they could at the time in some cases. I don't understand that. Jesus said, y'all disciples, go out there and deal with all the filthiness. Heal the folk that got the viruses. Not hide from them. Touch the lepers. Don't run from them. You deal with a church that don't believe nothing. Except about going to church. This. Okay, so. So we're doing this fast. Let me close this. So we're doing this fast this week. Now I said something I'm going to say again. During this fast, don't let the devil condemn you with the food. Because this fast is more important to pray. I've never said that before. But I sense strongly that the enemy was going to try to lock you down. Now, some of you, you'll be able to do the fast just as easy. And for some of you, this is going to sound strange. For some of you, this is a, it's just a time of fasting. You know what I'm saying? It's a week. It starts tonight at 6, ends next Sunday at 7 a.m. It's just a week of consecration. It's a week for you to fast from some food. But if you got to eat, you got to eat. It, but it's also a week for you to fast from television and maybe social media and doing stupid stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, and playing your game on your phone. Oh, Lord Jesus, I got to repent for that one. I mean, you got to, you, you understand, you, you got to fast from some things and take this week as serious because we're trying to accomplish something that's going to affect the whole world. Yeah. You understand? So it's a, it's a week of fasting, but you do the best you can. But I just felt strongly, I don't know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will say the enemy is going to come this way yeah. because, because you're trying to fast and because you can't do it, then you won't pray. Y'all, as much as you can, early morning prayer call, go to that screen after, later on in the day when you get home, click the graphic, pray in English, and then pray in tongues as long as you can. Try to do an hour. This is you feeding this cup that God needs to see full to bring some change. Because the stuff that's going to happen, the same way that 9-11 happened, those planes didn't hit my house, but it did emotionally. That was a scary day. Okay, and we're doing this in between two holidays. Rosh Hashanah is the celebration of the Jewish New Year. It's the first of what we call the High Holidays or High Holy Days, a 10-day period that ends with Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the Jewish year. On Rosh Hashanah, Jews from all over the world celebrate God's creation of the world. So yesterday started the Jewish New Year. And so Rosh Hashanah begins Friday, September 18th. It started yesterday at 6 p.m. And it ends this Sunday, September the 20th. Then Yom Kippur will begin in the evening of Sunday, September 27th, and ends in the evening of Monday, September 8th. So it just so happened we set the fast up to do this in the week that this thing happens. And the, the, the Christians and Jewish people understand that when you do this in the week of a holiday like this with the Jews, it enhances what you do. Because next weekend is set aside as a day for you to consecrate yourself and to be holy. We just did a whole month. So as you work, you got to really look at yourself this week, y'all, and say, Lord, it's some stuff I got to get out of my life. 
There's some people I got to get out of my life. There's some mentality I got to get out of my mind. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. I just gave you that one little point. You can preach for the next 10, 10 years about all of the ways that the enemy works behind the scenes constantly, day in, day out. His job is to make sure that you are his reward. And the same way that Jesus did whatever was necessary to win you back is the same way that Satan will do whatever is necessary to keep you back. And I never forget what the Holy Spirit told me. He said, Satan will fight against you to increase by one dime the same way he would fight against you to increase by one million. They fight against increase, joy, peace, because they know that makes your heavenly father happy. Hey, so we're going to do something. Come on. <clears throat> y'all remember, we got to get back to our slogans too. You know, let me see if y'all remember it. We are kings. Oh, Lord. I got to bring it back, Moses. I got to bring it back. We got a lot of new people too. We should say, so we're bringing some of our slogans back. Okay. When I say we are kings, you say more than conquerors. And then I say we are kings, more than conquerors. Kings. Yes. Now, when I say it, don't be saying it like you just woke up out of bed, okay? Matter of fact, let's go ahead and stand. I always have a hard time pronouncing this. Somebody pronounce this for me. Shofar. Keep saying chauffeur. It's the guy that drives a limousine to the prom. Chauffeur. You know what the problem is, y'all? It's not spelled with a C. It's spelled with an S. That's what messed me up. Now I got it. Shofar. No wonder I put a C. Some spells checked on the crazy phones. Okay. Um, remember, I always told you God reserves something special for Himself. You can get a microphone too for me, uh, Jerry. It's room right here. God always reserves things special. I told you the tithe is not a money principle; it's a kingdom principle. You know, the Jewish people are a tithe of nations, untouchable. The, the tree in the Garden of Eden was a tithe of nature. You can't touch that tree. Okay. You know, the Bible says that the olive oil, that particular fruit, is reserved for God to be used for holy purposes, for anointing oil. Okay. You have many different things that God uses and it says, that's mine. And so this is... Um, this is the ram's horn. This is a shorter one. That's a longer one. This is the ram's horn. And um, he uses this as his musical instrument. This is reserved for the Lord to be used. And I know most of us don't understand a lot about Jewish culture, but when you read the Old Testament, they were always blowing these things. And when the watchman saw the enemy came, coming, he would blow this thing. And um, some of you read the book, The Harbinger Part 2. And how when that thing was moving in, people didn't know that you were Jewish people blowing these things. This thing, when, when, when the spirit realm hears this thing, it's an announcement. It's, it's a declaration of certain things. And, um, and so they would do it for holidays. They would do it with everything. It was, they would do it in the midst of battle. Um, they, and so this thing is very, very special. And that's why I put mine up here. Um, so to make sure you don't play with it because it is very, very special. When it came, I tried to blow it. You already know the answer to that question. <laughs> okay. For some reason, which we probably understand is special, John P. 
picked it up, his dad ordered it, and John had the ability to blow it instantaneously. Boom. Okay, and the way he blew it instantaneously, I know by the time this boy practiced, it's just like, good grief, are you serious? I mean, Jarek was able to blow it a little bit, but not like his, like his son, and I can't blow nothing. I mean, it's apparently the thing has, you, can, you can't just, see that? It's, it's not going to happen. The, apparently, there's a particular way that you have to form your lips that nobody showed him, and he had the ability to blow it, okay? And so what we're going to do is, is that we're going to start this time of fasting that starts tonight at 6 p.m. Hmm? Oh, oh, I'm today recording it too, so y'all get it. You know, parents, they proud. <laughs> you're doing good, so you're doing good. Okay? And so we're going to start this week of fasting uh, and prayer, battling the forces behind the scene that are trying to interrupt what God is doing. The most dangerous time is right now and between now and not only just the election, but also to the end of this year. There are things that are diabolical that are coming. And the enemy is trying to destroy the church. He's trying to destroy this land. And let me say something. Regardless of where you come from, okay, some of us come from Africa. Some of us come from Europe. Some of us come from Korea. Some of us come from India. We have people here that are from, from Asian countries all over, Jamaica, Haiti, okay? We understand that that's where your natural roots are. But guess what? You in this land. And if you in this land, God expects you to protect this land. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. And so we're going we're gonna to start this by having him blow this. And then when we blow it, then we're going to do our chant for a moment and lift our hands and give God thanks. Amen. Amen. So, John, he's going to blow it three times. And then I will say what I say. Y'all know, know what to repeat. So go ahead, John, when you're ready. feel that we are kings 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 